0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: sunday afternoon at roberta's and you know what that means it's time for uh talking cheese and uh and dairy and all the rest on cutting the curd on the heritage radio network i'm your host ann saxelby our show today is being sponsored by hearst ranch and our producer is jack insley and our engineer is nat wiener The number to call in, should anyone have uh, cheese-related questions during the next half hour, is 718-497-2128. So today, on Heritage Radio Network, being the first Sunday of 2010, we're going to do recaps and rundowns of the decade that the British like to refer to as the noughties. That's N-A-U-G-H-T, for the years between zero and ten. I just learned about that. Uh, And to join me on Cutting the Curd today is none other than my good friend and colleague, Dr. Diane Stemple. Hi, Diane. Hello. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, So I just want to sort of for a second tell you how Diane and I met. Um, Diane and I met working at Murray's, uh, working behind the Murray's Cheese Counter back in 2003 when I just started. Um, And uh, Diane, I thought, was kind of the most fascinating of the cheesemongers because she was... uh, her real job was that she was a psychologist. Is it a psychologist or psychiatrist? I always get confused.
2: Psychologist. Psychologist. PhD, okay. no medication.
1: No medication.
2: Dang. Talking no. cure only.
1: <laughs> the best kind. <laughs> um, and so Diane, you know, had a practice on Long Island, but would come in to Murray's once a week to work behind the cheese counter with me, and uh, I just thought that that was um, kind of the best and most cool story. So how did you get into cheese, Diane? How was... Uh, how did that come about?
2: Well, uh, back in 2000, beginning of 2001, uh, in the newspaper, in the food section, there were uh, notices about Artisanal was going to open. Okay. Oh, Artisanal, that the Cheese Bistro. The and... Fromager, Fromagerie and Bistro. Okay. Um, Terrence Brennan was branching out from Picheline, and Max McCallman was going to head up uh, the cheese program at Artisanal. And I just decided, sitting in my living room in Port Washington on Long Island, I just said, I want to work there. And, of course, I was a full-time practicing psychologist, suburban wife and mother, in love with cheese, certainly, from <laughs> way back. Always in love with cheese Always in love. Okay. I fell in love with cheese on my honeymoon way back um, in Paris. But I just said, I want to work there. And my husband sort of scratched his head and said, Why don't you do it? Mm -hmm. So I thought, well, I'll write a letter. I'll write a letter and say I want to work there. How old fashioned That's so that's <laughs> right? so nice well, and earnest. Oh, it was before email. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or that's before not I <laughs> before I did email. <sighs> um, so I wrote a letter and I showed it to my husband and he said, eh, "I think you're better in person." <laughs> so, uh, I guess that was his nice way of saying bad letter. <laughs> so then we went to artisanal maybe the first month it opened and it was really intimidating. I thought, how it's can I work here? It's an
1: place. You know, it was very noisy. Grand. It was
2: crowded. It was French. It was. It it's was like just, a
1: big fancy bistro, like Balthazar. It's like very, right, very, right. yeah,
2: imposing. How could I? How could I work there? It was, it was impossible. So then, about a month later, April, oh one, my friend Hillary comes to town, and I say, let's go to Artisanal for dinner. This is where I want to work. So mm-hmm. she says, OK, now Hillary is um, makes me look like a wallflower. OK, you know, she is <laughs> she will talk to anybody at any time, anywhere. So, OK, so we go to artisanal. We're drinking Cosmos. That was back in the day of Cosmos. I that still another? love them. I still love them. Were but they
1: born in this decade? It's very oh, possible. My, maybe not.
2: I think. Definitely popularized, though, by sex in the city and, you know, that yeah. whole that whole scene. Yeah, well, so it's 01, so you can still drink Cosmos in yeah, public. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we're drinking Cosmos. And every man that comes to the table, Hillary says, who are you? Because, <laughs> you know, they pay attention to women when they're alone, I guess. Okay. So finally... This guy named Mark Shea, general manager, comes up to the table, says, How are you ladies doing? We're, like, totally drunk by now. <laughs> uh, Hillary says, Fine. This is Diane Stemple. She wants to work here. And, and Hillary and he said, gets up and goes <laughs> to the bathroom, <laughs> Oh, leaving good me there. Like, uh, so he says, What do you want to do? And I said, uh, I want to work here. I want to learn about cheese. And he says, he gives me his card, which Uh I still carry in my wallet as a souvenir. Uh Mark Shea, if you're listening, I still love you. (laughs) Uh, And I, uh, he says, call me Monday. I'll set you up. Wow. So I was. That's like a
1: good friend who like, you know, gets you talking to the guy that you like
2: at the party. Exactly. She was my wingman. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. So I call him Monday. And we play phone tag for about a few days. Friday, Thursday, somebody calls me back on my office machine where it says, hello, you have reached the office of Dr. Diane Stemple, and leaves this message saying, hi, this is Peter Kendall from Artisanal. I got your name and number from Mark Shea. I understand you want to come in and learn about cheese. So I get the message. I don't know who he is yet. And I thought, oh, Mark just you know, gave me to some assistant, some guy's calling me from, this doesn't even... They
1: have so many psychologists <laughs> applying for jobs every
2: week. You exactly know, you're just another right. name. And what is he thinking, doctor? Like, who is this person? <laughs> so the next morning before I got back to him was Friday, and it was when there were still Diner's Journal... Oh, that's the dog. Diner <laughs> Journal Reviews of Restaurants. Uh-huh. Um. On Fridays, they had the early review of Artisanal. And it said, Peter Kindle Fromager. Uh-huh. And I said, that's the man. That's the man who called me. He's like a Fromager. Like, whoa, whoa the Fromagère called me. <laughs> so I uh, immediately call him back. And he says to me, what do you want to do? And I say, I want to learn about cheese. And he says, how about Friday at 11? And I say, fine, I'll be there. And I and you had a job. And I went. Well, I didn't get paid. <laughs> but you, you know, were I went, artisanal. I went and I started lunch shifts, weekly lunch shifts, one day a week. And I did it uh, for a year and a half.
1: Wow. And so then from artisanal, you uh, transitioned and switched to
2: Murray's at some I point. I went professional at Murray's.
1: Wow. Legit I got paid. getting paid. I got paid. Wow. So, apprenticeship at Artisanal, <laughs> got paid at Murray's. Right. And now 10 years have passed. It's very funny. We've both been sort of into this cheese thing Right. about the same amount of time. That's true. That's I kind of true. had my, my aha cheese experience back in 2000 as well. Uh huh. Visiting my friend Kenzie, who was then studying in Florence. Mm-hmm. I was a sophomore at NYU. And uh, you know, was just kind of like, "Hi, this. What is this cheese thing all about? I wanna, I wanna learn more about it." Mm-hmm. So I think
2: you know, cheese just ropes us in. It, it just ropes just, us in, right. and then ten years go by,
1: <laughs> and all of a sudden,
2: right here, <laughs> here we are. are eating
1: fried chicken at Roberta's and <laughs> talking about cheese on the radio. Well, so in honor of the end of the decade and the sort of top 10 lists that have been going on here on heritage radio network throughout the day. Um, I thought it would be fun if we could kind of do a rundown of 10 of our favorite cheeses slash experiences that go along with, you know, those cheeses where we were when we ate them, why they were impactful and all that kind of stuff, because there are certain things that just, that just stick out in your mind. Mm -hmm. Um, so should I go first? Yes. You okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> definitely. Oh
1: gosh, I've got so, I've got a list here. Okay. Well, I'll start with something recent because um, you know it definitely is is very fresh in my mind. Um, back in September when I was at the Slow Food Cheese Festival in Bra, which is a cheese festival happens every two years, um, I tried some really fantastic goat cheeses made by a british woman called mary holbrook um one and i don't and maybe i'm just thinking this because your name is stemple but i think it was called stimpleton or something like that it was a pyramid of goat cheese um like a french valençay, ash on the outside just tangy and delicious and beautiful. And she also made a cheese called cardo, which is really, really special. She um, had actually... It's a it's a thistle rennet cheese, which is typical of cheeses from Portugal and sometimes from Spain. But she had actually gone to Portugal and harvested some uh, thistles herself. And she had sort of made her own thistle rennet. And um, the cheese was beautiful. It was kind of a... Oh gosh, um, the size of a tome de Savoie, kind mm-hmm. of a medium, a medium-sized cheese, or like the um, the size of the clock on the wall behind us, or your you know clock at school. Um, <laughs> and the rind was kind of a, an orangey brown, and the interior was just really, really lovely, creamy, kind of that creamier around the edge, and then a little bit denser in the center. And Mm. because it was made with the thistle run, it had that wonderful fruity acidity and just kind of a barnyardy, goaty quality to it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just remember thinking how cool it was that, uh, you know, that sort of marriage of traditions and, and, you know, um, and that caliber of raw milk cheese is being made in Great Britain, Mm -hmm. just totally not part of their heritage at all. But this woman had kind of, you know, created it out of thin air. Mm hmm. So that's one of my recent favorites.
2: That's a good one. (laughs) Good one. It is amazing when you go to England and you taste their raw milk and original cheeses that they're so delicious they don't they don't even need to deal with France
1: yeah no it's very true and they've got um you know some uh their laws there are a little bit different they're Mm -hmm. allowed to sell fresh cheese Mm -hmm. made from raw milk which is you know enviable
2: but they can't send it to us because it's too too young so we miss out on those cheeses completely it's
1: true yeah so if you're ever in London and you want to go to Neil's Yard Dairy and pick up some of Mary Holbrook's cheeses you will not be disappointed so what do you think? What's a, If you had to weigh in, what's a cheese experience? Oh,
2: let me um, – oh, there are so many. Let me tell you about one of my Neils Yard dairy cheese experiences. I was visiting the dairy because um, I had been hoping to work for 3D Cheese, who represented Neils Yard dairy in America, which I eventually did. But before that, I was visiting Neils Yard, and I spent a day working at the uh, – the arches which is their their big bigger facility where they store things and age things
1: Mm -hmm. which is very kind of uh imposing and 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 british sounding i love the
2: right it's (laughs) actually the arches are underneath a train it's those are the kind of the railway arches yeah yeah some that kind of arches and in a kind of far off neighborhood of london so i'm working at the arches for the day You know, feeling completely inadequate and unprepared for everything they're (laughs) having me do, except for cut cheese, which I've been doing, you know, at Murray's for some time then. So they give me this job to cut Ogleshield, um, which is a cheese that is very infrequently in this country. Sometimes it comes now, more recently, but this was in 05 or 06, I think. Um, It's a cheese that William Oglethorpe, I think, got to name... It's a um, cow's milk washed rind, pretty large wheel of cheese, which they also had me washing in the in the cave, and I almost dropped it more than once because <laughs> it's very slippery when it's washed. It's like a, you know, ty- trying to catch a grease pig. <laughs> oh, and um, so I'm cutting it because they have a sandwich shop at the Borough Market where they grill Ogle Ogle Shield and something else. Uh, as a part-time venture and I am in charge of cutting the weekend's ogle shield well I'm eating most of it because (laughs) actually they had some of it had um uh trier holes in it yes trier holes in it and they had gone a little black so they were using the pieces that they couldn't sell in the store to make for the sandwiches so I had to cut around the trier holes so that I was allowed to eat that. Yeah. Um, so I just <laughs> ate my way through a couple of wheels of Ogle Shield in the afternoon, uh, and so that I love Ogle Shield. It's just very hard to get in this country and absolutely delicious.
1: Yeah, uh, the, the 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 toasted cheese sandwich, as they call it. We do the grilled cheese. Exactly. They do the toasted cheese. Exactly. And it is so good.
2: And you sell grilled cheese at the Brooklyn Flea. Yes. People are are loving it
1: well yeah we it was really fun we're gonna get started again next year when it's not quite as cold out as it is today Mm -hmm. but well so I'm I think we should each do another quick one we're gonna have to take a break in a minute or two but um one that's very quick for me I feel like I have to throw an American in there because obviously I sell American cheese um when I was first starting my shop I called up Lainey from Lazy Lady Farm and asked her if she would be so kind as to sell me cheese. Because I know that she's a bit of a, you know, she's very particular about where her, her cheese goes. And she doesn't make very much of it. And it's kind of a privilege to be able to sell her cheese. And she agreed to, to ship me some cheese, which I was thrilled about. And then she asked me, did I know Michael Lee from Twig Farm? And I said, no. And she said, well, you have to. You, you should know him and you have to call him. So I called Michael, just sight unseen, and told him that Laney said that his cheese was great and would he send me some. So not knowing really what I was going to be getting or getting myself into, he shipped me a couple of his wheels of goat Tom, which are, you know, the name does not... Imp- imply that it's going to be anything you know that exciting but it is just amazing amazing cheese i had never had an american cheese like that it's a cylinder of aged goat cheese about 4 months old with a really kind of downy coating of velvety kind of gray mold on the outside um and when you and the interior of the cheese is quite white and semi-firm and the flavor is just out of this world his cheeses always remind me of pine needles, and I think it's because you know his his goats are really out, you know, browsing, as as he would say. They are they're always eating the sapling trees and the weird you know brambles and uh, you know grasses that grow at his place, and just to taste that kind of complexity, that kind of a floral, grassy, yeah, pine resiny uh, flavor in a goat cheese. Just stuck with me immediately, and I thought, wow, this guy is doing something really special, and it has proved to be thus for the last three and a half years, right?
2: Right?
1: So, Do we've I have got, time for an American, yeah, okay. yeah, we've got a minute.
2: Uh, I remember when I was working at Murray's in the old store, and uh, a new some new American cheesemakers were coming in to give us a taste of their Rogue River natural Rhine blue cheese. And I can't remember if it was David or Carrie, but uh, they came in, and we were all lined up, and I was feeling like I had died and gone to heaven. It was like, I was amazed that I was even in on this meeting behind the counter. <laughs> and we tasted this blue cheese that I remember thinking, we, we've we arrived. American cheese has arrived. This cheese is as good as Europe or better. And
1: it's true. And, and to demonstrate that, Rogue River Blue is now one of two American cheeses, raw milk American cheeses, that are actually being exported and sold at Neal's Yard Dairy And in, in one London. last
2: year, Best in Show at at American Cheese
1: Society. That it did. Yeah. So. So, well, I think it's time for a quick break. Um, but when we come back from the break, we are going to keep talking cheese and the people in cheese that make it uh, so fantastic. So we'll be back in a minute on the Heritage Radio Network. All the pretty All girls the pretty in, girl the world, in the world and the ugly, ugly girls
2: girl to me, you it anyway, baby, baby. <laughs> <laughs> You give me your number, I call you up You act like your pussy on interrupt I don't have no trouble with you fucking me But I have a little problem with you not fucking me i hey, hey, so take care of you Cause you said you got my baby and I know it ain't true Is it a good thing, no, it's bad For good or worse, it makes you switch So I walk on over with my crystal Bitches niggas put away, your pistol. What happened to my hundred dollars, Joe?
1: Did you take my money?
2: He ain't worth no $100. I am Joe Blow, the lover man. You should be paying me. Give me my money, man. Hey, hey. Uh-huh, uh-huh. pretty though in my video no oh, oh, please, please. Oh, no. Just dance if you called up in the Holy Ghost tray. Just stop up put pump killer ants in your pants. I'm the ODB, as you can see. FBI I don't you be watching me. I don't want no problem because I put you down in the brown where you cannot be found. I'm messed up trying to make somebody. So gimme my streaks and gimme
1: my Welcome honey. back to Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. My name's Ann Saxelby. I'm your host, and my guest today is Dr. Diane Stempel, the cheese doctor. Uh, if anyone out there wants to call in and ask uh, Diane or myself a question, you can do so at seven one eight four nine seven two one
2: two eight. Only about cheese.
1: Only about cheese. Yes, it's true. If you're going to ask Diane about other stuff, she, you know, then you have to make an appointment. <laughs> So we didn't get through our top 10 cheeses, but I think it was a it was a good start. And we definitely need to talk about some of the people that make this um, world of cheese kind of, you know, rock and roll and and be what it is. Um, So I I said, and, you know, this is kind of a tricky thing to get into. I I told Diane we're going to do our top 10 people in the cheese world. And that's just fraught with all kinds of. (laughs) Difficulties.
2: Politics, hurt feelings.
1: Yeah, scandal. Whole- <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> just kidding. Um, But so there are too many people to name, obviously, in 15 minutes. But we are going to go through a couple people who are really making strides and making some pretty interesting changes in the cheese industry. And I said that I would I would start. And uh, my first person, who I feel like is truly an amazing person in cheese, is Hervé Mons. Oh, um, and he is going to be talked about in just a second but it seems that we have a call in which we're going to take oh come on hello 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 you're on heritage radio you're on cutting the curd
0: thank you so much i I had a question for you um regarding the use of uh organics on uh you know among these cheeses okay that you know these cheesemakers are they using uh, organic type dairy products or is it uh you know, they still in a very conventional agricultural world.
1: Oh yeah, no, that's um, that's a very good question. Organic is kind of one of those words that is um, definitely sort of a you know a, a seal of approval. Um, however, it's also kind of like you know the world of cheese that we're talking about is kind of, it's it's not just black or white. It's not just organic or not. There's a lot of kind of gray matter in between. And while the cheeses that we're talking about, um, speci- we're talking specifically about cheeses that are made on a small scale on small farms all across the world, um, are, you know, sort of England, France, the U.S. And um, I guess the word that I use more often than organic is sustainable, Um, which to me means that um, the farmer is caring for their herd. They are using, perhaps they're using antibiotics when the animals get sick, but of course not using the milk from those animals then to make cheese. That milk always gets dumped. Uh, They're certainly not using hormones and the animals are very well cared for. They're out on grass in season. And um, so uh, that is kind of how I start to answer that question. Organic, um, It's, of course, a good and wonderful thing, but it's also been co-opted a little bit by bigger, bigger dairies that don't necessarily have their cows outside ever. They purchase organic grain. Um, And so that's kind of a it's a it's a tricky question. But so while not all of our cheeses are certified organic, they're certainly made in a sustainable way with respect and care for the animals in the land. Thank you for your call in. Can uh, I add something? Sure. Please I do. think in the
2: cheese world, organic does not mean quality. It, it just means organic and following those rules, which can be a very high quality cheese, but doesn't have to be. That's a, that's a very good point.
1: Yeah. Um, so thank you very much for calling in. We always appreciate Collins on the show. Uh, and uh, so... I'm going to get back really quick to my uh, my top 10 cheese person who is Hervé Mons who is a, a French man who uh, actually kind of got me started um, before I opened my shop. He set me up with two st- or three stellar internships with goat cheesemakers in the Loire Valley. And why I think Hervé is a very important person in the world of cheese is that he is doing more than anybody really to keep the tradition of artisan cheese making in France alive. He's going so far as to when the villages and rural areas in France are kind of um, emptying out and the cheese traditions are in danger of dying. He is bringing in people from uh, Eastern Europe and even from Vermont who he is setting up to apprentice with these old cheesemakers and learn uh, their craft and 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 keep that alive. Um, he represents, I think, about 200 or 300 cheese producers in France and is just uh, doing more than anybody to sell those cheeses and keep the craft alive by selling them. So I love Hervé. Who do you love? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, love, I don't know. <laughs> I think uh, another top ten person in the cheese world definitely mirror, mirroring Hervé's philosophy is Randolph Hodgson from Neil Jarderi, who has in England um, supported, uh, helped, visited, nurtured the small cheesemaker and, you know, sold them in his shop. And he literally spends months on the road visiting, testing, giving feedback to all the cheesemakers in England, which I guess you can do it because England's small enough to drive around. Uh, and he, he also shares his knowledge with America and um, is just interested in helping cheesemakers survive and be sustainable and make a decent living in the whole world, I'd say. So he's had a massive impact in England and, and in America. That's true. That brings me to my next cheese person, who is Matteo Keeler of
1: Jasper Hill Farm, and now the Sellers at Jasper Hill Farm. And Neal's Yard Dairy is a huge supporter of the project, um, the Sellers at Jasper Hill. Um, They gave a ton of input um, about how, you know, the Sellers should be conceived of and built. Um, And so that partnership is definitely is definitely a really uh, special one. But Mateo um, and his brother Andy have, I think, done more for the American cheese industry in the past 10 years. Well... I don't know. Probably they, they, their impact has just been huge. Um, and I think that though their the scope of their project is in Vermont, they've really set up a model that um, other people could could copy and use. Their model is, you know, they have the sellers at Jasper Hill. Uh, they buy cheese from small cheesemakers across the state. They bring them to the sellers and age them there. And then they ship them out when they're ripe and ready to go. So basically, they're making the cheesemakers job easy. They're making the cheesemakers job simply to make cheese, uh, which is what they're the best at and which is kind of the most important thing to focus on, especially when you're first getting started. Um, And they kind of take care of all the nitty-gritty in between, you know, the cheesemaker and the final consumer. Um, So they're very important.
2: Now I'm sitting here quietly because I just want to announce that under full disclosure, which they always say in the New York Times, I'm currently working for the sellers at Jasper Hill, but I am not twisting Ann's arm right now. <laughs> <laughs> Here at the radio station. I do not have a gun to her head. So I, uh, I, but, and I, of course, you know, my bosses are on my top 10 too, but I don't know if it's appropriate for me to
1: to toot their them, horns. Right, well, I right. will. I will. You know, be completely
2: shameless in <laughs> okay, talking about okay. them. So, so now I want to put some women on the top ten list. Okay. Let's do so it. So I'm going to do two in a row, and okay. one might embarrass you because one is Ann Saxelby. Oh, come on. She she's very gracious and uh, humble, I would say. But really, in the cheese world, she is one of the rock stars, especially the American cheese world, because she. I don't know how many stores there are in America that only sell American cheese. Not that many, many. correct? That's true, that's Um, true. She has a very small shop at the Essex Street Market, and she sells all American cheese, mostly from the East Coast, and I guess Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. Um, One foreign cheese, Parmesan Reggiano. Uh, and that's it. And, uh, everyone loves what she's doing and loves the cheese that she sells. And she is a personality, as you can see on the radio, in and of herself. So it makes it all work. It's a great place to go. I'm like red as a bee. Thank you Diane. Can, nice. Can I add do. another woman? Please do. Please do. My next woman was my boss, so I guess I have to do a disclaimer for that. And she was on my list too though. So, oh, okay. once again oh, okay. we balance each okay. other out. good. Good. Deborah Dickerson, um, uh, formerly the uh, owner of 3D Cheese and currently working for the Cowgirls, who may also be on the list. The Cowgirls of be on the, the Cowgirl list. Creamery. Peggy and Sue. Right. They we got are... more women. Every second. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Deborah Dickerson, I call her the den mother of American cheese. She's worked behind the scenes supporting cheesemakers in America, traveling with cheese in her pocketbook to give taste, to say to some somebody, what do you think this cheese needs? Tell me, is it too salty? Is it aging too quickly? Should we change the temperature? And she has helped people communicate with each other through her uh, for you know, as long as she's been in the cheese world, which is, I'm sure, longer than both of us, maybe combined.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think the den mother is the perfect way to describe Deborah. She's, she, and she's so supportive and so positive, which mm-hmm. I think, you know, in a lot of the food world, you don't encounter that right. quite as often. Right. There's right. a little bit more intimidation or, you know, other tactics used, but Deborah is 100% positive all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. She's great. Um, so on also on my list, um, were two people that we kind of already mentioned, but David Gremmels and, and his partner Carrie at Rogue River Creamery. Um, I think that they have taken they have sort of taken the lead um about getting raw milk they're they're doing a lot of raw milk advocacy here in the US Uh, To sort of maybe help relax or eventually change the law that stands right now about raw milk cheese having to be aged for 60 days. But they've also um, sort of taken it upon themselves to get their cheese into other markets. And they're currently exporting their cheese to Neils Yard Dairy, which I think is very impressive Mm -hmm. and deserves some kudos. And uh, what do you think? Can we get get one more in there?
2: Oh, I think we have to. Well, I got two more big cheeses at least. Okay. Uh, Rob Caulfield, our old boss. Oh, yes. For making Murray's Murray's. what it is. And and it's really uh, been very instrumental in the American cheese movement and cheese in this country. And
1: uh, I would say then, actually, I'll throw one more in there who I can't believe I should have mentioned him way earlier. Steve Jenkins who was a guest on my show once and who is just a total inspiration. That man knows more about cheese than just about anybody I've met and uh, really did a lot to help educate Americans at a time when people were eating nothing but, you know, sort of cheddar and Colby and blue mm-hmm. cheese.
2: And I'll add my first big cheese mentor, Max McAlman, whose books have been, you know, also very instrumental in communicating about cheese, though probably more uh, European cheese than American cheese. This is true. Yeah, Max uh his book The Cheese Plate
1: was kind of my um, you know, my go-to when I was first learning about cheese and I still think it's one of the greatest books mm-hmm. written about cheese. Mm-hmm. The Cheese Plate by Max McCalman, who was the um fromager at uh at Artisanal and still and still is. He does a lot of education and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's a pretty uh it's a pretty impressive, you know,
2: it's an impressive group of people Right um, I don't know if we got to 10 But close Are we close? Is I there anybody else on your list That we didn't Let's talk see. about? let um, Mike Gingrich Absolutely Pleasant Ridge Reserve Yep Yeah we've we've neglected the Midwest
1: We have neglected the Midwest <laughs> And and Judy Shad Right up there with uh, Mike Gingrich the, okay. the godmother of American goat cheese okay. okay I think she's pretty fantastic um, Yeah So it's going to be pretty exciting to see American cheese in the last ten years has kind of gone from you know zero to you know, one eighty or three sixty. I always forget whichever one it is. It's uh, in the middle. It's uh, it's just made tremendous tremendous strides. And in the next ten years, it's going to be really exciting to see uh, to see what happens because I think that like you said, we have arrived. Mm -hmm. Wait, what did you say when we were inside? Uh, It starts with a B. B boomed boomed (laughs) american (laughs) cheese is boomed (laughs) and will continue to boom yeah it will be booming for many years to come well thank you so much for coming on diane and helping me do my rundown you're very welcome it's been delightful and i hope you'll come back and join us on uh cutting the curd again soon sure this has been cutting the curd on the heritage radio network and we'll see you next week